What's up, everyone? Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on March 10th, 2023, with my very special guest, Blue Maiko. Blue joined me virtually today from his home in the Emerald Triangle area. He's up there in Northern California in Humboldt County. And he is an amateur mycologist with a wealth of knowledge and a dear friend of mine. He and I have been friends for several years, going back to the rave scene, and have spent countless nights together DJing side by side, back to back, and one after another in raves in the LA underground and warehouses and in the deep desert. And uh, just I'm really grateful to have been able to reunite with him and to discuss this topic in this capacity. So I hope you guys enjoy. We also did some show and tell too. So you'll be able, if you're on YouTube or Spotify, you can see some of the mushrooms he's been growing for food, edible mushrooms, and some of the stuff that he's foraged as well. And I'm going to provide a private link for those of you that are interested in seeing some of the other types of mushrooms he showed me. You'll have to have the link to be able to see it, and it'll be available on YouTube. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about Real Mushrooms. Real Mushrooms is a mushroom supplement company offering hot water extracts in both powder and capsule form. I have provided links down in the description of this episode to articles outlining all the amazing health benefits of these mushrooms. Me and Blue also discussed some of these health benefits and some of the things that we've experienced firsthand by supplementing mushrooms. If you are interested in making a purchase, I have provided a link in the description, or you can type in If Plants Could Talk at checkout, and you'll get 10% off all future orders. All right, here's Blue. Blue Michael, welcome to If Plants Could Talk. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, man. So I have known Blue for several years. I would say like 15 years, something like that. We go way back. Yeah, close to 15 years. Yeah. Still, uh, you had like a little skate park thing when I met you. Uh, yeah, the warehouse. Yeah, the skate park warehouse. You had like some uh, quarter pipes and uh, some little mini ramps in there and stuff. And Yeah, we were throwing was... raves. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, that was what... I remember pulling uh, Skywalker off of uh, someone. There was some sort of like fight that had happened, but oh, some yeah. guy jumped on the back of Skywalker, and I had grabbed him to pull him off to like separate the fight. The dude had had homeboy's pants so hard around his hands, like gripped it so hard. When I pulled him off, he took Skywalker's pants with him. <laughs> we had like these two dudes like underneath each arm, like walking them outside the door and stuff. And the dude has Skywalker's like jean leg. He's just like waving <laughs> around the air. <laughs> oh, wild times. Yeah, man. I remember passing the decks back, back and forth where our time slots were always really similar and stuff. And even probably yeah. spinning back to back and uh something i always admired about you that i see you're doing now with the uh with the with the mycology is like i remember going to your mom's apartment and practicing spinning together and you had all your music organ and this is way before record box and everything was like this but you had all your music in organized by key (laughs) and so like whatever i don't even still understand it to this day because i don't do it like that but like everything was in key everything was super organized and you were like ahead of the curve and like you throw yourself into things and now ever since i started kind of picking your brain and you've been sharing your knowledge with about mycology with me i can tell you're doing the same thing bro you've become like extremely knowledgeable and gifted and talented man and i'm i'm happy to be able to i appreciate that 
I, I spent the I, I literally spent the first year just identifying fungi. I didn't cool. even I I would pick stuff and just take it home and just uh, I'd recommend if anyone ever wants to get into mushrooming or picking like picking mushrooms, learning anything about mushrooms. Noah Siegel and Christian Schwartz are great authors and they have great literature out there. Awesome super knowledgeable of i've learned a lot from a lot of their books and stuff but yeah i spent like the first year just going outside and like picking stuff and finding things i, I found these this morning just like they're just outside of my house wicked what are those they're, uh, <laughs> they're, called, blue, they're called bluettes they're uh they're purple they're an edible mushroom a uh, common name that people call them are uh, wine caps wine cats but, uh, the taste is really uh inconsistent depending on what type of tree you find them under they will taste very different mm. i was trying to cultivate these for a while because they they are just a primary uh decayer like they'll grow on just dead stuff you find mm. some they'll grow on dead stuff but they need a uh, a hard freeze in order for them to fruit so oh. Once you have like grain spawn and you make like a tub, you're then realizing you have to put this whole thing inside of like a freezer. <laughs> you're all trying to mimic a freeze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually ended up just growing them outside accidentally just by failing so many times and throwing sub or throwing spawn out in this little pile outside that now that's, that's where I find these ones. That's cool. Yeah. Now these mushrooms can vary in their like taste and edibility too, based on their maturity and stuff too, right? Is there like uh, a lot of factors that go into that? Uh, some some based on 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 maturity and stuff. These these ones, fortunately, you can you can pick them right away. I would say honey honey mushrooms are definitely one of those ones that you want to. Uh, the stems are like fiber. You can't mm. eat the stems on honey mushrooms. And uh, if you find them way too young, it's just essentially just, you know, mostly stem with like a small cap. And you, it's, you'll have the flavor there for sure, but it'll be like eating wood. Mm. So how has it evolved from the days of the early foraging and, and learning to identify uh, into cultivation? I'm a part of this community called the Pool. And it's where a lot of different cultivators, we just, we share genetics, we share knowledge and information and different texts and things that we learn. Everyone in there is super cool and uh, very friendly and stuff. And it's, it's a community around like helping each other. I don't mm. know if you've ever been on the shroomery or have been through the shroomery, but uh, yeah, a little. Yeah, so, sometimes pe people get pretty feisty with you, man. Like, yeah are very set in their tech ways they think that you know a plus b equals c and you know if you don't do it this way or that way that uh you're just gonna greet contamination and stuff and you know after a lot of time you start to uh you kind of like learn the the truth about like a lot of these things and where a lot of these problems come from like contamination and stuff and it's not really that big of a deal anymore you know, uh, I, you can watch a lot of uh, mushroom farm videos mm -hmm. from like legitimate food mushroom farms. And it, it really does give you a good insight into stuff. And I'll tell you, man, like they got green oyster bags. <laughs> 
they got bags of trichodermid up there with fruits on them and stuff. They don't want to show them, but you know, they, they get contamination just like the rest of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that in the, as I was exploring and, and trying, I'm still very entry level learning about these things. And I had a guest on that was, he uh, co-authored a book with Paul Stam. It's called the mushroom cultivator, Jeff Chilton. And then he like made me like really dive into it. And, uh, yeah, I found on the Facebook groups, I found I found on Instagram that some of some of the people and subreddits and stuff can be really uh, they can talk down to you a lot and really oh, condescending yeah. and be mean and almost make you want to not participate in a hobby like that. And you find that actually in the plant community, too, and especially in the cactus community, like uh, oh. it's just how it is. You know, I'm sure in the cannabis industry, too, I've been out of it for so long, but. Yeah, uh, I've, I've learned to get into the uh, cactus community as well. Like we have a we have a cactus section in the in the forums on our gene pool Discord and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Anyone in there is super nice, but I'm I'm more or less focused on doing the studying as get the study down as much as possible before I go and attempt it because I feel pretty pretty sad if you know I go to grow a hundred pups in like a little tub and then next year you know I just kill a hundred little seedlings and stuff. It's a sure. It's a sacred plant. It takes a lot of time, and you know, it's a it's a real honor to cultivate these these mushrooms and cacti and cannabis and stuff. Like, it's a real honor to you know, it's a special thing. Yes, I think when you take away that it's like a real special sacred thing, I think it's when it starts to get kind of like diluted and and sure. you know, people get kind of like sad about like stuff like big marijuana. People don't want like. The, the big mushroom to be like the next thing, you know, because I think legalized mushrooms is probably coming down the pipeline here pretty soon. Right, right around the corner. Right around the corner. You know, uh, Eugene, Oregon actually uh, uh, posted their, their process. The liability insurance is $12,000. They want you to have a 375 pound safe to store everything in, which is $1,500. They want security camera monitoring system at a minimum of $4,500. And they want uh, you to set up a separate corporation for $1,500 with the city. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to say that one session, one session, $3,000. Are you talking about like in therapy? Yeah. So psilocybin assisted therapy is $3,000. $3,000. That's what this article that I was reading for um, uh, decriminalized nature. They're very good. Yeah. Super cool people. They worked with getting decriminal it decriminalized in Arcata and a lot of other places in California and stuff. But uh, I've been seeing just a lot of articles out of Oregon lately that, yeah. uh, it might become financially difficult for them to open up shops and stuff. Right. I think it's just because, you know, when we start, when cannabis industry first started off, um, you got to be the brave shop. Someone's got to be the brave shop. At some point, someone's got to be that person who opens up the store. Yeah. And I think they did it in Portland for a day or two. They had a shop up there in Portland that was open for a day or two. Uh -huh. They raked in a ton of money and then they just zip, shut it off. They closed their own doors. Oh yeah. Because they knew they were getting raided the next day. They had got the city had like sent them like a piece of paper saying like, Hey, 
Yeah. Season in, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to come in and shut you down. So they just they sold mushrooms for about three, four days and then just yep, cut it off. That was it, you know? How interesting. Yeah, it's like the Wild West. I'd actually, uh, one of my one of my friends in the Discord who uh, is in the gene pool had actually uh, gone to that shop when it was open and it was uh, pretty expensive. They were charging people a lot of money. It's yeah. like forty dollars for an eighth of mushrooms. So as you see these other states and areas uh, developing their protocols, and it's going to be a hot mess, just like cannabis was and still low key kind of is. Uh, yeah. How do you are you trying to prepare yourself for for the legal route, or are you uh, merely currently, just watching? Current currently, I'm currently I'm watching. I'm mainly focused on uh, genetic banking. So, uh, spore collecting, swab collecting, you know, it's the, the gray area business genetic sales is, you know, it's, it's easier and a lot safer to sell a spore print or to sell a a spore swab than it is to try to sell whole fruits and stuff like that, you know, and also too, if you create something cool, you know, people, people like it, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, I, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to bring these spores back to life. I, I had stopped growing a isolate that I had made called uh, Dark Seed or Dark Side. Mm-hmm. It was an eight variety with a real jet black cap on them, and super, super uber potent. But I was new. It was probably the, it was the second isolation that I had made. No one really picked it up, you know. I'd actually given it to a lot of people, but uh, some big timers had actually had asked for it. Personally, had asked me for it. I gave it to them. They ended up growing it, made it look super, super badass, way more badass than I was doing it. Like I thought my, my tubs came out pretty cool. These guys made it super beautiful. But yeah. after that, all of a sudden people started asking me like, hey, do you have these swabs? Hey, do you have these swabs? Hey, do you have these swabs? And I was like, oh, oh goodness. Uh, I, I actually, I had actually recently had ran out of swabs. I'm, uh, I'm entered in a uh, mushroom cup currently. So, and right. that's actually the the one I'm entering in. So if it, if it does really good, I need to have some some genetic material ready. But I think, um, I think I'm I'm personally just playing the safe route until there becomes some sort of safe access to vending. Um, yeah. it's uh even though it's decriminalized, like, uh, no one really, no one really bothers you. Like they have these, uh, sessions in Arcata where you can go to their yoga sessions, you know, it's at a yoga studio. You can go attain micro doses. You can go obtain a macro dose and do some yoga with people. You can go obtain information about, you know, uh, microdosing and the benefits of it and stuff there's a lot of workshops up here no one really bothers you yeah no one's really uh the community is really behind it in a sense up here to the to the point to where they don't they don't want the police wasting their time with that and really frankly the police shouldn't be wasting their time there's there's more if i'm in an emergency and i need the police to come save my life because you know someone's like attacking me or something you know i don't want them worried about shaking some high school kids down or some some 25 year olds who got some mushrooms in their pocket you know yeah man some kids 
dunes picking mushrooms and stuff or in the forest picking magic mushrooms and stuff yeah. i'd rather have the cops like come and save my life than to be writing tickets and doing silly stuff like that you know totally man yeah it, it's uh it's unfortunate that you have to be anonymous and that you know i hope one day that that it changes and evolves and i'm sure eventually like personal possessions going to be similar like to what they're doing in colorado i think yeah if, uh, you can have it but you can't sell it kind of thing <laughs> yeah so up here you can have it you can trade it like uh, you, can, you can literally go on craigslist and find people trade it all wow the time here. It, it ain't it's not like a secret so the city uh decriminalized where you are yes oh cool i didn't i wasn't aware of that yeah so it's uh it's it's um um, it's one of those things that like no one's gonna come like kicking your door. Yeah. No one's gonna come like bother you as long as you're not making a bunch of noise and being a rowdy individual and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that like I think our our mayor of our town had actually co-authored a letter recently that they sent to the California State Senate saying, please hurry up and like get this stuff to where we don't need to even like deal with it on our books anymore because it grows outside yeah <laughs> we're talking about stuff that just grows outside i don't even have <laughs> i wouldn't recommend any brave soul try to do it. i'm not sure if it's still there but at the arcada police station in their garden bed there are some wood lovers that people have <laughs> pictures of and i'm like man just got the police station, huh? You know, some some wavy caps. <laughs> you gonna put them in jail or what? Yeah, I know. Right, you gonna put them in jail? You ask them if they're gonna share with the rest of the class. You getting released out of the police station? You feel like you're just being watched. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. You guys got a cool vibe up there. I I really would love to get up there one day. That's what I said. Where if we ever moved, uh, I would want to go up there. But then I showed my lady that Murder Mountain. <laughs> documentary but she was like we're not fucking moving there what, what are you talking about oh but, no, uh, not 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 garberville definitely not garberville but yeah, like maybe you you're know, in a better area. Willits, Willits is a nice area too ukiah is like another nice area yeah you know i've been thinking about going maybe possibly going down to ukiah or something like that it's a little bigger of like a city easier to get to but like yeah you know it's a uh, the vibe up here is great. Everyone up here is like super, super chill, super relaxed. You know, there's not really. Uh... Yeah, I saw some guy with uh, expired tags from 2013. <laughs> I don't know how you get away with that one. Well, those glitches are trippy. I know they are. I apologize for all the glitches. I'm in the middle of a of a rainstorm and I think it affects the satellite ah well that's good to know i kind of you're kind of selling me on on uh starlink just because it's uh they they charge you about 150 bucks a month up here for like good internet it's, uh -huh. it's and you you can't do anything about it what's good internet so, there verizon yeah. spectrum what is it uh no, it's um optimum oh it was it was suddenly but they now became optimum do you have trees? Are you in a wooded area? Because here's the other thing. I have a partial obstruction. These fucking trees behind me that are beautiful, but, yeah. but it's partially obstructing it too. So it causes a little bit of interruptions. But when it's good, it's good. 
Like okay. I saw almost 200 megabytes per second the other day. I can only make phone calls from this room in my house. Is there obstructions? Yeah, there's a there's a big ass there's a big ass hill slash like fort thing that's like right up the street, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like a little miniature, and and also there's a graveyard slash hill thing on the other side. And then there's another hill and I'm kind of like in the bottom of this like pocket of like three or four different hills. As long as the sky is open though. Yeah, I have a two-story house. So as long as I go upstairs on the roof with it. Probably. Yeah, there's enough sky for me to to do stuff with. That's cool. Um, yeah, I can't uh, I am though in the in the city city though. Mm. Yeah, I don't uh it, surprisingly enough, you know, you can find a lot of food mushrooms just in the city. Just every everywhere. You just gotta know. You just gotta know where to look and you just have to know what you're looking for based on the season, you know? Yeah. Like um right now it's about to be the spring season. And um I've been kind of itching to go check some some spots for uh Bolites. Bolites pop up in November-ish around that time, September, November-ish, but then they sometimes have like a pretty nice second second fruiting in the spring mm. and so yeah they they show up once there once there's been like a lot of heavy rain we've had a lot of heavy rain so hopefully there's some bolites because uh there wasn't a whole lot this year a lot of chanterelles i i must have picked 10 20 pounds of chanterelles this year it just real super easy picking Hey, so with chanterelles, we have golden chanterelles here, but I, from what I've learned, they're kind of buried sometimes. They're like yeah, right below the surface sometimes. They're a little under the duff sometimes, but um, we have like actually a wide variety. There's the Pacific Golds, the Rainbows, um, there's white chanterelles. There's this one that's called the hybrid chanterelle that's pretty cool. It's gold on top and then it's white underneath. Mm-hmm. and those ones grow down south and they're pretty good and then um and then the black trumpets and the black chanterelles I'd, I'd love to find some black chanterelles i have not found those yet those actually don't really grow in my area they grow a little south from here but yeah they are the pacific golds in particular sometimes they tend to stick out of the duff versus being buried under like a shitload of pine needles and stuff like that yeah. I have like a couple places that I've there's a lot of different places that I pick up here, but yeah, one of the places is kind of like that where you have to get on your hands and knees and look lift up, look for humps and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I uh, hunt a lot of lobster mushrooms too. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I, I haven't seen them, but I know they grow here because I have a chart of what grows here and I haven't found them. I haven't found the golden chanterelles, but I've seen other people and there's oaks everywhere, but Please tell me about the lobsters. Oh yeah, the lobster is really good. It's it it tastes like it tastes similar to lobster, not as not as uh, not as super lobstery, but it, it it does taste very similar to lobster. They're they're super red. They're actually uh, they're actually two different types of mushrooms. The first mushroom that it actually is is a russula mushroom, mm-hmm. and then the russula mushroom is taken over by another parasitic fungus. That then causes it to mutate and get all super red, mm. but they they tend to hide underneath the duff, similar to like chanterelles, and you'll see little little humps like popped up on them and stuff. 
okay. uh, last last year when I found my I found a lobster patch last year, and I I got out of my car and I looked down by my tires. I was like, oh shit! I I ran them all over. <laughs> I parked my whole SUV on top of on top of about ten or twenty of them. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> I had found them further away from my car, but where I had parked my car, I just parked right on top of them. Damn. Hey, I've seen some critiques on foraging mushrooms, particularly in my area. I don't know if you guys have any of that going on here, there, but uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about harvesting mushrooms? Is there an ethical or unethical way to go about it? You know... I've, I, I like that you asked this question because uh, I have I have been approached several times picking mushrooms. Uh-huh. I've had many different experiences. One experience I had, someone pretended to be a BLM fed <laughs> and said that uh, I was I had like a basket full of bolites and he was like you can't you can't pick mushrooms here. And I'm like, oh yeah, well who 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 the fuck are you, bro? And he's like, oh I'm a I'm a B. I work for BLM, and I'm like, oh, you're a Fed. And I'm like, let me see some ID there, bro. Yeah. Let me see some ID. He didn't want to show any ID, but he wanted me to drop mushrooms. <laughs> and then he he eventually took off after a lot of conversation back and forth. You could kind of tell that I was sensing that he wasn't a he wasn't BLM. We've we've dealt with BLM before. Yeah, at the raves. <laughs> parties. We know what they look like. We know how they act and shit. This dude was not BLM. That's Bureau of Land Management for the yeah. for the layman. Yeah. Not Black Lives Matter. Not Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> different department. <laughs> uh, there you are. So there. we were talking okay. about yeah. encounters and ethical so and unethical. Ethicalness and, and picking and stuff. I could refer a lot of people to uh, uh, Alan Rockefeller video where he, t- he was asked this question about slosophy mushrooms because very commonly people just you yank them up out of the out of the dune grass and you know there's mycelium all sorts of stuff attached to it people say like that's rude you're supposed to come in with scissors and snip them at the bottom so the mycelium stays in the dirt and other other sort of crazy things you know uh he said alan had said that they had did uh tests where they had patches and stuff where they just ripped them all up one year cut them one year they come back it doesn't matter the mycelia you're you're pulling the, the the apple off the tree you know yeah try not to hurt the tree too much yeah. but all in all most of it's underneath the ground before, where you can't even see it even if you do rip up the fruit body and there's mycelia at the bottom of it there's yeah. way more mycelia underneath the ground plus spores yeah you know a lot of people up here with bolites in particular because they're a mycorrhizal fungi, a lot of people believe that you're supposed to shave the bottoms off with your knife, throw the stumps into the ground, and then cover the hole. Mm. That does nothing. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't do jack jack diddly squat. You ain't planting more boletes. <laughs> some squirrel's gonna come by, he's gonna dig up your hole, and he's gonna pull all them little little bits out and he's gonna go hog wild on. <laughs> the mushroom has the relationship with the roots of the tree and so the mycelia is 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 in relationship with tree roots yeah and so it's it's fruiting based off of other factors not off of the fact that you've ripped a big big ass mushroom out of the ground you know sure. so when it comes to terms of picking i personally am just once i pull it out of the ground and there's a hole in the ground i just try to fill the hole 
respectfully yeah. i just Be try mindful. to fill the holes in. yeah so nobody trips in it i've I've pulled up big ass lobsters that are like the size of like, I don't know, pizzas and stuff, you know, where there's just huge giant <laughs> holes. Yeah. You just, I fill the hole. I'll fill the hole and I'll do it. If I make a hole, you know, pack in, pack out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's no, uh, I've had people, I've had ladies, I had this lady come up to me and start yelling, like, what are you doing? You're hurting the mushroom. And I'm like, no, I'm going to eat the mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grabbed this for food they're like yeah. do you have i've heard the do you have a license one that's my favorite one is do you have a license and i say no because you know god created this food yes and i'm hungry and i'm going to eat it <laughs> if someone yeah like, well you want it to rot like you're gonna look at it for the next person to take a picture with it like right right uh, a lot of there are a fair amount of people it's it's just due to mycophobia you know mm. i've had uh i've had people you know look at the mushrooms that i've had and they're all like food mushrooms in like parking lots and stuff and they're like oh how do you know that like that that one doesn't look exactly like some crazy poisonous mushroom that you've never heard about and stuff and i'm right it's not it's not really like that you know uh i will say as a picker the only hard fast rule that i stick to is i don't mess around with little brown mushrooms mm. so uh picking psilocybe mushrooms if i can't say that it's a hundred percent on that on that id if i can't say that it's a stunzi or an anelli or or uh, azurescens you, you put it down don't even don't screw with it I had actually found a bunch of what I thought was uh, wooded psilocybe, which is, they're a little more rare. They're not as common to be found of a magic mushroom, but I had asked Alan about it and he was like, no, this is actually a different type of uh, deadly gallerina species. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for saying something. Yeah. Did you always tell me to, Double check because I'll send Double. I'll send blue uh mushrooms that I find and he'll be like I think that's what like I can almost say with hundred percent certainty that that's what this is but please get a second opinion. Oh yeah, always mm. good. It's always good to get a second opinion until you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Like um, certain food mushrooms though, I don't even get a second opinion anymore. Like oysters are oysters. There's no there's no deadly lookalike. A lot of people talk about the uh, angel wing oyster. It's a solitary Plutoris wing oyster that grows on the East Coast and is responsible for a couple deaths in China because mm. it has a relative in China. However, the people who have died from it in China were all people who were of like super old age, like 70 plus bracket we're talking about here. Yeah. And they were very small, minute cases. It's it's not proven, pretty much, is what I'm trying to say. So there's no there's no dangerous Plutoris species in the Pacific Northwest that you're gonna pull off a tree and you're gonna die from from eating it. You know, mm. yeah. Certain certain ones I will try to get like a secondary ID. You know, um, some of the ones I do have to do what's called a, a nibble and spit. It is safe to pick a mushroom, chew it, and then spit it out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, don't swallow it. 
you know, or mm -hmm. take a whole bunch, but you can note the taste so that you can help identify it. There's a type of mushroom up here called the shrimp arusula. Mm -hmm. Tastes exactly like shrimp. Really, really good. But it has a counter, it has a different mushroom that looks just like it that's poisonous. But it's not like poisonous in a sense where if you you'd have to eat a shitload of them to, to get sick. But if you chew it, it tastes like someone rubbed black pepper in your mouth. Mm. And that's the poisonous one. And so I discard those. So you just go through just, this one's good, that one's good, that one's good, you know. That's rad, man. That's so cool that you're like, you know, do you see, have you noticed any like health, health have you noticed any changes in your health since you started consuming mushrooms more? When I, when I don't, when I, so... And I don't microdose, and I haven't been microdose lately just because there's been a lot of stuff going on. I've been really busy, but uh, when I don't, it's I have a really cloudy, foggy time. It's it's uh, it's a night and day difference. I do notice that there is a night and day difference from when I'm microdosing and 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 taking mushrooms consistently than when I'm not. Mm. And also dietary wise, I eat. Uh, being in the Pacific Northwest, there's no there's no sun. Mm. There's like never any sunlight up here. It's it's dark half the year and shit. And um, um, yeah, you need a lot of vitamin D. And mushrooms got a lot of vitamin D. Right. And I notice when I'm not consuming even the the wild food mushrooms that my health I'm sluggish. Mm. I've been I've been super sluggish lately. It's been raining and stuff and. I haven't been going out picking or foraging. I've just been stuck inside the house and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I can I can tell that it really just slows me down whenever I'm not having mushrooms as part of my diet, whether it's through vitamins, as in microdoses, or through just in dietary needs. Yeah, you so know, like capsulizing or capsulizing your own yeah. con con concoctions and stuff. Yeah, so I'm even doing my. Um, my microdoses are based off of blend. So I don't just have just psilocybe cubensis in there or whatever cubensis that I'm that I'm rolling with at the time. There's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of different cubes out there. I recommend people go to microzoomers.com. It has like all the different, pretty much all the different mushrooms you can take, but it has all the different medical benefits of them. Cool. So if you're microdosing for mental clarity, back pain, whatever, you know, it's easy to uh, it's easy to search. But with with my capsules, it's psilocybin. I also put cordyceps militaris in there, the caterpillar fungus. Mm -hmm. I forage my own um, uh, turkey tails, which are good for preventing cancer. And I notice when I'm not taking it. I really do notice because each one of those mushrooms has like its own like benefits. So like example, the cordyceps, the cordyceps are there to um, bring you up energy, like, right? Yeah. Energy and stuff. And, and um, yeah, athletes take it. Yeah. You know, a lot of athletes take it. It really does give you a, a boost in energy. And when I'm not taking it, I am not getting that, uh, that boost. I also throw lion's mane in there. Now if lion's mane, a lot of people need to understand that yes you can eat the raw fruit of the lion's mane don't get me wrong you can dry the fruit and like capsulate it you'll get some benefits from it but the lion's mane has to go through a 
dual extraction process for you to gain all those benefits. It's similar to the to reishi mushrooms. So you can go out, pick Ganodermas all day and night and make a Ganoderma tea, mm -hmm. you know, chop up the mushrooms, make a tea. That's a single form of extraction. Mm. You can dry it and just capsulate it. You're not going to get any, any sort of real, you'll get some benefits from it. Don't get me wrong, but you won't be getting as much as you could be getting from them if it was dual extracted. I see. Which is a form of using tea and then how we do BHO. Yeah. You know? Like alcohol and hot water extracts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, I guess the pharmaceutical way that people do it is DMSO. It's a type of uh, pharmacy grade solvent. Mm. You know, it, it just evaporates at a lower temperature mm. so that the solvent is out and then you're left with the medical grade stuff. It's used to make like ash pharmacy grade medication. So it's like really safe for humans. But uh, yeah, you can do it the old way with uh, Everclear as well. I don't do rubbing alcohol, but yeah, you can soak the dried fruits in Everclear and then make tea with other dried fruits. And then essentially they reduce both of those down into a powdered form. And that's what I add into my microdose capsules. It's a little bit more expensive. And if you make it yourself, like, yeah, it's a little bit more time consuming, but you are getting the, the actual like benefits itself. I have, I've, I've done side-by-side -side tests before where I've taken just some uh, psilocybin, take a little shot of it, of the, the lemon tech, mm -hmm. and not notice a bump in the effect of the psilocybin. But when I dual extract the lion's mane and then take it in conjunction, I don't have to take as much psilocybin. It, it helps boost it, essentially. So you can use less... Less is more, essentially, you know. And similar, you don't want to build the tolerance. Is similar to psilocybe, psilocybe, uh, lion's mane. It's also like really neurally active, creating oh, yeah. new neural pathways, neuroplasticity, and stuff like that. Oh yeah, right. Uh, they they both work in conjunction very well because mm. you know the psilocybin's like. It's like mind expanding and stuff, but it's also relaxing you. But while that's going on, the lion's mane is opening up those new pathways and helping you be able to like make those new connections in your brain and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, be able to have things like more clear thought or more in control emotions, mm. uh, more regulated sleep and energy and stuff like that. Um. Faster recall too. Yeah, I was like supplementing hardcore for a while with mushrooms, and like I was so sharp, sharp, yeah. especially for before a podcast. Like right now, I haven't, but yeah. dude, you notice a difference. I as soon it's as I as soon as I I stopped taking my microdosing, I stopped. Uh, so when I started taking microdosing, I got into video game coding, and I coded an entire video game. Holy fuck! Yeah, I, I got pretty into it i i made all the pixel art myself and i did everything but the sound because i i just as you know you don't want to put certain sounds onto something because then someone's going to come along and sue you because you got a sound effect from 
something you didn't pay money for or whatever but sure. yeah, i i coded an entire video game and it was it was super fun a 2d platformer game i wanted to put it on my cell phone and then i stopped microdosing and then i kind of just the passion dwindled yeah the passion i stopped being as sharp i, I stopped yeah. keeping up with it and stuff i got busy doing other things and stuff i do notice when when i'm not taking it i'm literally just riding at the at baseline you know well that's inspiring man it's making me want to get back into it and double down on it i have that real mushrooms it's jeff chilton's they sponsor the show so i like i have people buying it through me and i get like whatever a chunk of it but i'm not taking it i haven't gotten any myself so i really want to and bro you are incredibly educational like you're a natural educator you really do have that about you i've never really got to see that side of you as much i mean maybe a little bit when we were spinning i do yeah. remember like taking note from you but you really i could i see a, a huge future for you and, and like presentation wise i feel like we could like just zoom in on tons of different aspects of mycology with you and yeah. uh i, I won't I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, man, because it's uh, it's it's hard to find good people in this uh, community sometimes. You know, it's hard to find good people to stay in, in, in general and stuff and solid teachers. And um, gosh, I'm trying to remember something that I I had heard recently about. I try to like go into like learning with like an open mind all the time and that, mm. you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm able to advance so quickly. Like, yeah. uh, I'm trying to save up for a microscope right now so I can get into monocaryons and dicaryons and stuff. Uh, I've been, I don't really have like a full blown lab setup. So I have to do things on like the, uh, the low tech way, you know? So I, some people who don't know about mushroom breeding, you need mono, you need mo, you need two monocaryons to make a dicaryon, and if you have a monocaryon of one mushroom and a monocaryon of another mushroom, and there's things, you want to make sure there's no clamp clamp connections available, but th there's other stuff that goes into it. But essentially, they'll make a dicaryon, and mm -hmm. and that dicaryon is the cross between the two mushrooms and that's why I'm trying to like learn and get into more. And I can only really do it with uh, things like uh, in order to get monocaryons, you have to have one spore on a plate. And so mushrooms make millions of spores. So trying to get one single spore on a plate is a lot of work. You got to isolate it. Uh, I do a technique where I pretty much I take a swab and I swab a plate with spores on it. And then I'll go through like four or five plates and the fourth and fifth plate are low spore swabs. Yeah. So essentially most of the spores are off of there and you'll be able to, they'll also germinate really slow. Yeah. So essentially it's, it's like a gamble. You just wait around for a month to see if one of your agar plates actually makes like a little tiny something to like out your knife and then, and then space it out. Currently speak, currently I have to, I, I send all of my monocaryons to my friends to uh, double check for me because mm. I don't have a, uh, a microscope. So it's all just eyeball guesswork when I do stuff.
Yeah, I imagine you're being, you, well, I know you are being really innovative because you've sent me recipes where you're like, most people do it this way, but you don't need that. You can just do this. <laughs> you can just find yeah. this around your house and stuff like that. So it's really cool, man, and helpful. I want uh, to see your tubs, dude. People so really box, people what? really box you in this, in this world, man. They will, yeah. uh, they'll tell you if you don't have a flow hood. I don't own a flow hood. This is, this is my, uh, still air box, you know? It's nothing fancy, but you know, it gets the job done. Rad. Yeah. It's, it's just simple, simple. Thing. You stick your arms inside of it, you know, everyone, uh, we're going to do, uh, I mean, we're going to take a look around at some of, uh, blues tubs that he, he's done recently and maybe some flushes that he has. I don't, not quite sure what he's going to show me, but. I'm going to do a private link on YouTube for this segment of the of the interview. And if you would like it, just reach out to me. Uh, either of us will have the link. All right, go ahead. Let me see. I can actually, uh, normally I'd wait to harvest all these, but I can actually just harvest them for you if you want. Uh, whatever you want to do, whatever. You don't have to. I could see inside. It looks good. Dude, massive. These are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one harvested itself. <laughs> that one harvested itself. Let's let's, uh, let's check her out. Seems a seems a monster. It's a fucking chode. Yeah. <laughs> Righteous it's a, man. It's a it's a a brick. How much do you think that thing weighs? Uh. This one's probably like 60 grams. It's massive. When it dries, how much weight does it lose? It, 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 loses, it loses about 90%. So it's probably like a seven gram mushroom right here. Wow. Maybe eight gram mushroom. 90%. When it dries. Yeah. I'm going to pull out the, the rest of them. Yeah, please. Uh, this, was, this was actually a pretty funny, funny tub because at first... It only made these. It only made these like weird long slenders. Penisy looking things. And um yeah, I think it was a I think it was it we call it reverting. Mm -hmm. So what uh, what DC Mac sumo squats is or DC Mac in general is uh it's it's an isolation of penis envy. Uh-huh. It's possibly closer to the more original Terrence McKenna penis envy, which is closer to the Melnex strain. But uh, because of that, because its original genetics is penis envy, it's how you end up with, with this. Oh, interesting. It reverted down. This is what the isolation is supposed to be. Right. It reverted down its tree to its original penis envy like shape so if you were to take a spore print from the one that reverted would you end up with reverted fruits in the future um possibly 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 i actually recently did a giveaway i gave away about uh, i think like six or seven of those swab sets uh-huh them dc mac 18 inches because they were they were they were huge <laughs> <laughs> i have a question about harvest time so some people have told me that ideally for potency, you want to harvest before the veil 
rips before the cap opens. Is that true? I'm I'm learning a few different things on that. So it depends on what, what it is. So mm-hmm. if you're growing standard, what I would call standard brown cubensis species, that's like your B plus, your A plus, F, um, blue meanies, dancing tigers, all the standard looking brown cubensis species. Yes, as soon as once the once it looks like this, essentially, yeah, you have that. That's that like perfectness. Now, when it comes to uh, different varieties such as albinos, albinos, you want them to keep going long as mm. long as 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 humanly possible to go. Mm. The longer it grows, the more psilocybin it's producing for albinos, typically speaking. Interesting, and. Uh, um yeah veils will tear on albino species and as you can see this one's starting to after the veil tear the veil tore about like here and now it's just starting to go long Mm -hmm. they'll you'll get albinos that are like this long longer than that like they're just continuously growing but you let them go until they what they call marshmallow feel it's going to feel like you're pinching a marshmallow and if it feels like you're pinching a marshmallow then it's ready to go you don't mm. want it to, to rot, essentially. Mm. But for binos and also penis envy varieties, like this is a penis envy variety. I go till it feels like a marshmallow. This is pretty close to marshmallow. You know, I probably could have let it gone another day, but it's whatever. But um, uh, what is it called? Uh, yeah, it all depends on, on essentially what you're cultivating. Mm. Also, too, I've learned that there's no hard, fast rule with that. I grew a uh, I grew a blob mushroom that was 260 grams wet weight. It was like the size of like a softball. <laughs> I had like no potency to it. It uh. was it was completely void of any psilocybin. Essentially, maybe it would have been good for some older person who's trying to microdose. You know. But it was it was essentially so weak that there was no visuals, no uh, there's barely even like a, a body high and a head change. Mm. And that was at five grams. Dang. Which is which is a fair amount, you know. Yeah. You know yeah, something I, I've even learned now that even color too. Color is not a hard fast rule as well. Um there's a lot of stuff that you can just because it changes black or purple or blue or whatever color it changes into doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be strong. It can indicate that it is going to be strong, but mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a hard fast rule either. I recently grew some albino A pluses and you cut the stem, them bad boys were black on the inside. And it was it was okay. They're mm-hmm. strong, they weren't. They weren't like penis envy strong, but they're they're like they're cool for microdosing. They're you know a little above average, nothing crazy, but they look like they would kick your ass in half. Right. Like, for- uh, we could even split one of these in half, see if we would get any uh, color change. We got this little okay, little, little booby guy right here, but there might not even be any color change when I split it in half. It's only a little bit beautiful you know in the just in the the cap area yeah. you know it's uh 
it's starting to go a little bit on the inside. But um, yeah, color change doesn't necessarily indicate that uh, potency, potency or anything. Yeah. Now these are some uh, psilocybes right here in this jar. Make sure you they're they're dried. They're they're super small. This is something you cultivated. Uh, no, these are actually wild ones. Oh, cool. I've been trying to, uh, I've been wanting to uh, cultivate them, but as you can see, comparison to. Yeah. So when you picked those, would you have found blue on them? Oh yeah. And what variety are they? I have a mixture in here of uh, wavy caps cool. and uh, azorescences. I believe this one right here is a azorescence. They're a little smaller, mm. but they have more of a, uh, trying to get it to show that nipple. I was like a nipple like top. Yeah. On top of it. That's how you can kind of tell them apart versus yeah. the waviness. Like a pointed cap. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they call them the the UFOs. Yeah, Those, like UFOs and stuff. They sometimes are a lot smaller, but those ones are are the strongest ones in California. Mm. Those ones are an easy three percent psilocybin on average, and yeah, they're super strong. But um, you have to be mindful of where you pick them. Mm. They um, some of them some patches cause wood lovers paralysis. It's not a thing that happens when you cultivate them for some mm. reason. My friend who cultivates indoors wood lovers like a crazy person. He, uh, yeah, they don't, um, he, he's never experienced that. But I think it's something that's environmental with the psilocybe wood lover patches. And so, paralysis to who? The consumer? Yeah, the consumer. So, what happens is that temporary it's temporary or? Yeah, it's temporary. It's temporary. <laughs> It's temporary. It's nothing. It it's a I would say it's a it's a gradient scale of what can happen. Yeah. Normally when it's when it's starting to occur, most of the time it's just lethargy. Like mm -hmm. you don't you don't want to move or get up from where you're sitting at. Mm. And you just you feel like your body's heavy. Yeah. Now that's like the minor feeling of the wood lover's paralysis now it can go all the way to the point of you literally cannot like move like you 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 can tell yourself to move but you're just just chilling there it's a like you're having fun uh -huh. but like you know maybe watch a movie or something but that'd be a little scary <laughs> Yeah, to some people, yeah. The first time it happens, you know, it's a it's a little it's a little scary at first, but when you realize that it's it's a not only is it a temporary thing, it's not causing you any like actual physical harm. A lot of people kind of prepare for it up here. Mm. I actually saw a uh a post in a in a Pacific Northwest group. This dude was like, Yeah, my my dad came into town and he was talking about taking the magic mushrooms in the dunes in the 70s and stuff and i picked a bunch of wavy caps for him and we just it's this old man and they have him cocooned up in like a thousand little blankets and stuff like <laughs> it was, looks like an old man in a cocoon sack with a big ass smile on his face just like 
He's like, I can't move or anything, but it's so pretty. He just yeah. prepared himself for it, you know. So how do you avoid that in the wild? Like, how uh, do you? Is there ways to to avoid not, it, or is it luck of the not, draw? Not really. It's kind of it's kind of luck of the draw. <laughs> you, know, you uh, it's you know, it's a. I would say that azorescences have more of a higher chance of it. Okay. But it's not um, it's not as like common as you would think, essentially. Like mm. when I go picking, I just know that like, yeah, one year I just I focus picking at this certain spot and I know just not to pick the ones that are around there that time. You yeah. know. And but also I've been told that wood lovers paralysis is is inconsistent and it could also be something that uh some people believe it's environmental that's mm. happening that like the mushroom develops something that causes the wood lovers paralysis yeah another people another uh camp of people believe that it could be something similar to an allergic reaction yeah so like it just could be like a way it only happens with with wood lovers so wood loving magic mushrooms it doesn't happen with cubensis yeah. you can take all the cubensis all day and night you're not going to experience wood lovers paralysis uh also the temperature change was pretty un that was the only uncomfortable thing you you feel like uh you feel like it's freezing ass cold you feel like it is it is literally 30 degrees or something and you need a billion blankets on you interesting uh, i i will say though a hot tub ooh, super good <laughs> like oh man you could boil yourself alive on those things and you just feel like a million bucks <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, they are much sauna <laughs> Well, brother, I I really appreciate your time, man. I got to wrap this up. We've been at it no I'm almost an hour and a half now. I will clean it up. It'll be seamless. And I believe, unless I decide otherwise, that I will do a private link to a short clip. And um, yeah, man, I, this has been incredibly educational, dude. I feel like I could pick your brain all day. So I'll definitely do it again. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Maybe next time I'll have more uh, more stuff. Uh. I will like say before I go, if there's any any listeners from the gene pool and stuff, thank you for uh, being a part of the Dancing Tiger Grow Along. I, I hosted a, a Grow Along series recently mm. where we got about 150 Chinese dancing tiger prints out worldwide, all, all around the world. And we got a, about 150 people growing one mushroom right now all at the same time as like a group. Proud, dude. Uh, it's pretty fun, but I want to thank everyone who's who's been a part of that and has helped helped me through it because it it's it was a, a task. I'm happy that you found a community too, man. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm so happy to ha be on here with you. Yeah, I see. A, I also see. I was gonna say I see a, a future for you in this genetics thing slash uh, maybe like precursor type things, uh, even in the legal market, hopefully. So, yeah, yeah. Man, keep me updated. We always stay in touch on in DMs and stuff. So, yeah, totally. Thank you so much again for having me on. Absolutely, Myco Blue, Blue Myco, Blue Myco. <laughs> right? It's Blue Myco. Yeah, Blue Myco.
Blue, Myco, everyone. Myco, Blue, same thing. <laughs> All right. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, we would both appreciate that greatly. Hey, can you please send me uh, a photo for the cover? Or maybe a flush or something? Some A beautiful photo? Uh, yeah, sure. Sweetness. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take some, uh, some nice pictures of these. That would be sweet. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Uh, hit me up for the link or hit up Blue. All right. Later.